It's kind of funny that Calgary, though, feeds the coaching systems around the CFL, just like uh, the Leafs feed the Oilers in Western Canada. We are back. Season 1, Episode 8 of the MJ Sports Pod after a week away due to illness. I don't know if you can still hear it in my voice, Josh, but... Uh, that thing took me for a ride, <laughs> whatever I had in my system. Um, and, I, and I think you were down for the count too, weren't you? Yeah, I was only out for like sick for like a day and a bit. And I think it was more sleep deprivation for me. Um, just with everybody being sick in my house and work and everything else. I was running off of like four hours of sleep a night. So I think that finally caught up to me. So got a couple of nights of good rest and then I was kind of, back to normal here so <laughs> right on yeah it's it's the season right for illness i know in my area where i live here a lot of people are down with some sort of cold and uh it's whatever but we're gonna roll man we took a week off so the only thing that's really suffered is our nfl pick them so we're gonna be four games short but uh whoop de do on that right so uh just don't forget we also uh own apology to the european listeners yeah, we didn't tell them we were going on a week week hiatus. I only put it on our Facebook page, I think. But uh, it's good to be back podcasting. It's good to be back recording things. The NHL season is well underway. It's been fun watching the Oilers right now, uh, who are on a five-game win streak as we record this. Will they still be on a win streak when this is released? Who knows? Uh, we'll see. But it is, uh, it is a joy, and uh, this week on the show... We want to uh, talk CFL as CFL has ended the regular season that is and transitioning into playoffs. Uh, so we want to just touch touch on a couple things there. I uh, want to talk some NHL uh, topics, maybe an interesting one uh, today, but we'll uh, we'll leave that for a minute and then we're going to talk some NFL pick'em. Going to talk a little Oilers, a little Canadian NHL teams, uh, performers of the week, and that will probably wrap our show, season one, episode eight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 8. Uh, Josh CFL has wrapped up. Um, as a Ryder fan, I say thank goodness. Um, but <laughs> it's been a it's been an interesting year. And uh, last game, last week I should say, none of those games meant a thing. Except maybe if you wanted a job next year or if you were tuning up for the playoffs, right? It was like two, like the, the Riders are playing Calgary. Calgary's trying to tune up for the playoffs and rest some guys. Riders are fighting for jobs. It was same with the Ottawa Hamilton game, uh, jobs versus playoff tune-up. So, uh, what did you think of the last week? It's kind of a random week of football. Um, what's your thoughts going into playoffs? There's some cool storylines emerging already. Yeah, I honestly, I don't think I watched any of that last week because uh, <laughs> at that point everything's already decided. It's just like you said, people playing for jobs next season and. Uh, that's a chance for the those guys that are out of the playoffs to maybe uh, throw in some of those guys off the practice roster or things like that, get them some games, see what like, take a look at different scenarios, different, just a lot of different options you can run when you're not in the playoffs. You got a lot of room to just kind of play around, I guess. Um, yeah, Riders letting go three of their coaching staff already. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited for playoffs. Uh, 
like I said, I think I said a couple podcasts ago, it's like these last couple of weeks, you're just kind of like, okay, let's start the playoffs now because <laughs> you're just it's at that yep. point there. So, um, yep. no, it should be interesting playoffs. It's kind of, it's cool to see BC back in it. Personally, like I'm not a fan of any specific team in the CFL. Like I just I enjoy the game of football, but it's cool to see that. He's a floater. Of... He's a floater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> But uh, no, I, yeah, no, it's just just interesting, like to see where they were, like last year and the year before, and just like struggling and struggling, and then uh, out of nowhere comes Nathan Rourke, and the and then he gets injured, but they uh, get Vernon Adams, and they keep kind of rolling along. They were kind of able to stay afloat there, so just uh, going to be an interesting playoffs, I think, this year. Yeah, Rourke played half the season, and he's up for most outstanding Canadian of the CFL. So that's kind of intriguing. I thought that that was interesting that he beat out uh, Keen Schaefer Baker for West nominee. I mean, I probably would have voted for Rourke anyways, but I just like was like, dude, <laughs> you played only half the year, but maybe that I guess that doesn't matter anymore. Um, but I want to just touch on that Ryder storyline quickly because very intriguing. So Jason Moss the O-line coach who I'm surprised lasted the season and the receivers coach, Travis Moore, who has been there for a long time. Like it's kind of funny that one bad season has done him in. Um, all three of those guys are on their way out. So the offense is going to look very different next year in many ways, because is Fajardo on his way out of Saskatchewan? It sure appears so. Um, I don't think he was the only problem on the team this year. I think everyone needed a reset, but we'll see what happens there. But in the offensive category, who did Ottawa just let go as their head coach? Paul Apolis. Does he come back to Saskatchewan? That's the rumor that's starting to swirl already. Uh, he's at TSN for the playoffs. And <laughs> then I guess he'll go. It's kind of like his secondary job. Every time he gets fired, he goes to TSN for a while. So we'll see what happens with him. But uh, like, I don't know. The only other name that I would ever put in an offensive category, um, I think might be Mark Tressman. Like, I know he kind of oversaw things, but I don't see him coming back to the CFL just to be a coordinator. I think it would have to be a total head coaching job for him again. Um, and I mean, yeah, so we got that. And then Ottawa's going to look for a head coach. Does Bob Dice get the tag removed and stay? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of coaching candidates that actually could land there. Mark Killam in Calgary, he's going to be looking for a job um, as a head coach. I think he's put his time in as an assistant there. Was he uh is he just assistant or is he the special teams guy in Calgary? Yeah, yeah, assistant head coach and special teams both. Yeah, oh, okay. um, he kind of took the assistant coach role I think once Huffnagel left because Dave Dickinson was the assistant coach or associate whatever the real word is, um, yeah. and then Mark Killam kind of took that. But Killam's been there for a, ever since I started watching. I feel anyways, but uh, yeah, years. <laughs> So I hope, I hope he can – it's kind of funny that Calgary, though, feeds the coaching systems around the CFL, just like uh, the Leafs feed the Oilers in Western Canada. But it's uh, it's interesting. So we'll see where, where that goes for coaching-wise for Ottawa, a dismal season for them. The only coach that we know will stay um, and run his ship is Chris Jones but uh, in Edmonton. But Dave Dickinson – sorry, Craig Dickinson was uh, – and Jeremy O'Day, they they affirmed they will be back next season, much to the dismay of fans who think that's the big problem. But uh, I don't think our defense is the problem. I think when you can't score more than ten points a game, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't i I don't think Craig Dickinson was an issue this this season. Like 
I feel like that's just an easy scapegoat in sports is to like fire the head coach and get a new coach and get a new coach and get a new coach. But it's just like what he did the previous couple years with the riders. And then he has one down year and everyone wants to let him go. It's like, why don't you see what happens next season has another bad year. Then maybe you let him go and search for a new direction. But I mean, yeah, like I said, I think that's just an easy scapegoat for people is to be like, Oh, they sucked. Let's get a new coach. And this goes the same in the NHL too. It's like, uh, just to pivot for a second, like Vancouver, they're already talking about like, oh, should they get a new head coach? Because they've lost like they lost like seven games in a row, and it's like, well, they're already paying Travis Green till the end of this year. If you go get another coach, your <laughs> your ownership's paying three coaches for one season. Like they're maybe paying Boost Boudreau, Travis Green, and then whoever you go out and find. <laughs> like, I don't know. And Boudreau's <laughs> fine. The I think the real problem for the Canucks, and we'll get to NHL in a minute, but. Uh, it was um the real problem. I think is the defense, right? They're decimated. Like they traded for Ethan yeah. Bear. They're desperate for help on the back end. Yeah. I'm not. That's not a slight to Ethan Bear, but it's just to prove. Like they went out and made these trades all of a sudden because they need help. Um, yeah, you rarely see October trades during the season. Like you see them leading up at training camp and stuff. But it's like yikes! Vancouver's the only one that's really chomping at the bit. But I I feel bad for them in that sense. As an Oilers fan, mm-hmm. no, but that's besides the point. Um, and we'll see. We'll see where the riders go. Uh, let's quickly just touch on the playoff matchups here. Hamilton is in Montreal. Um, what do you think there? If you have a prediction, or what do you think the game will be like? I think it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, for my for our brother Nate's sake, I hope the Thai Cats pull it off. But I think I think honestly that's gonna be a very close game. I don't think it's mm-hmm. gonna be a blowout by any means. I think it's gonna be a pretty tight game right till the end. And I'll just pick Hamilton if we're picking predictions just just for nate's sure. sake there <laughs> sure I'll, I'll write down some predictions here <laughs> um you know i i personally think my my pick for the great cup would be montreal bc i think that would just be a dandy um a lot a lot has to happen for that to be the case but so for that reason i i pick montreal and that the reason i pick montreal is they're at home and whatever kind of noisemakers those fans bring to the those horns, just irritating to listen to on TV. And I can turn it off, but the the tie cats can't. But I think tie cats, it's this is their year, man. If they if they don't do anything this year, they're gonna blow that team up. I, oh, I don't. Yeah, sure. I don't know how you just keep doing that year after year. And they host the Grey Cup next year, so you want to build a team that's gonna be. I don't think they like blow the core up. I think they'll keep like the four or five like leadership areas you know but i don't but the supporting cast is going to be different um so for that sake i would hope too they win but i think montreal wins that game um trevor harris i think just with an aerial attack is going to go at it um then the most intriguing playoff game i think of the playoffs is going to be this one is calgary bc um bc's had their number all season uh but we it's just crazy to see what's going to what's going to transpire there. Um, I I think BC wins. They're at home. Uh, Kadeen Carey is going to be, and, and Jake Mayer together, going to be the duo to watch for Calgary. And uh, Nathan Rourke is taking first team reps. He's going to be back uh, at under center for them. Um, yeah, I mean, you got Butler there in the backfield as well. But when you look at the receiving core, uh, you got Hakuna Vanu, Luther, our man. Uh, we got uh, uh, Bagleton, Kamar Jordan's healthy again. 
Um, they kind of don't run out of guys, right? On the BC side, you got Rhymes, Hatcher. I uh, don't think Burnham's playing, but uh, you got these guys down there too, right? That can make make plays. And so um, Dominic Rhymes, Dominique Rhymes is going to be the guy to watch for BC. That's their weapon. Um, Calgary shuts them down. I think they have a good chance, but it's Nathan Rourke that they're playing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. BC did beat Calgary with Vernon Adams at center and with uh, with Nathan Rourke. So uh, it'll be interesting. So for that game, I'm saying Calgary um, is going to lose to BC. And uh, let me know, Josh, what you think. Do you think it's going to be the Lions moving on to play the Bombers, or do you think it's going to be the Stampeders? Yeah, I think uh, the West final is going to be, or I guess semifinal, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think that, uh, personally, I I think, uh, I don't know, it's hard to say. I think Calgary pulls it off in the end. Um, it's, like I said, it's kind of hard to say. It's just Nathan Rourke. He's been out for a long time, and it's just, can he regain that status he was at, like, at the beginning of the year, if he can, then I think BC can pull it off, but it's just, can he get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. Well, that will conclude this segment. Uh, we look forward to seeing what the finals are going to look like. We'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. We're going to touch on some NHL stuff. Uh, stay tuned with us. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 8. And, uh, yeah, here we are, Josh, NHL talk. Uh, as the season just continues to roll here, uh, every team's almost at the 10-game played mark. Um, our Oilers are above the flames. with a game. We've played one more game, but they can if they catch us, I think we hold the season series. Or do they? I don't even know, actually, but I think it's 6-6 are it's- the goals, right? Because they won 4-3 yeah, and we won 3-2. Something, something, something like that. that, yeah. Anyways, just a bragging moment. But last night, the Flames were up 4-2 midway through the third, and uh, the Kraken scored three times and beat them. So that was pretty sweet justice. <laughs> I actually don't know if that's justice. It was just sweet. Anyways, we're going to talk here. Uh, interesting topic. I was uh, telling Josh before we record this podcast that uh, Saturday night, I'm watching the Oilers and the Flames. And... Uh, I watched uh, Tyson Berry get absolutely destroyed and overworked by Michael Backlund. He goes in and scores a shorthanded goal. Ten seconds later, same thing happens. He just didn't score that time, but he overworked Berry again. Um, and I'm going to call Barry out. Like People will learn that I don't really care for Darnell Nurse, but, man, Barry's taking, giving him a run for his money. Um, but my point is, I'm watching this game. The Flames are one of... Let's count them up here. One, two, three, four, five, six cap, six teams that have no captain right now. Um, and I think, I think Michael Backlund is their guy. Um, they haven't had a captain since Giordano left. Um, but my question, Josh, to you is, are captains overrated or have we made them something that they're not supposed to be? Because you think of Crosby, Ovechkin, Taves, McDavid. Like, they just started giving the skilled players, the first overall picks, um, the the captaincies, right? And um, I'm not sure if that's just how it is. Because I think of the Oilers, like, Jason Smith was our captain for so long. He was no by no means <laughs> the best player on the Oilers. 
but he was the leader. And uh, so my, yeah, that's my question to you. Do you think captains are overrated or do you need a leader, but it's overrated how we're using the system now? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Like, like you said, like it's usually, it seems like it's first overall picks or skilled guys or things like that. But the captaincy situation, like, I don't know. It is kind of strange because like, for instance, uh, like Oilers last year, they bring in uh, Duncan Keith. And it's like, oh, he's going to be a great leader in that locker room. Or, like, you always talk about, like, trade deadlines. Oh, he'd be a good leader in the locker room. Like good. And then you talk, like, here in the press or post games and stuff. It's like, oh, uh, so-and-so is, like, great leader in the locker room. Like, he helps out and stuff. And it's just, like, with all the with all the leaders you have in your locker room, you have one guy wearing the C, two guys wearing the A, or three guys wearing an A on their jersey like does it really matter who's if you got a letter on your jersey or not like i guess that's kind of what it comes down to is like do you need somebody that has a letter c or an a on their jersey like and right what what do they do like i mean is it like i don't know like you see them talking to the refs sometimes but then sometimes it's an assistant guy talking to the refs it's like is there something special that the captains do that I don't know about, or is it just like they are the leader of the team? Like, <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. It's, it is kind of strange. I don't know if I'd say overrated, but it is, it's just, it's a strange, like interesting when you really start to think about it. Like when you brought that up, like I've been tr- kind of thinking about it and it's just kind of is a strange situation. And I think it's strange to go into a season, especially the flames who are supposed to be cup contenders this year and contenders for the division again. To not have a leader, it's it's one thing if you were like last place and you're just trying to establish an identity, but I think for Calgary, it's like, what are you doing over there? And Daryl Sutter, I mean, he's not he, he doesn't do things conventionally. Let's just be honest, like it's whatever. But I think like in the in the old days, it sounds like I'm really old, but that's not true. <laughs> the captains were the only ones that could talk to the ref if there was a question about a penalty or anything, right? So that's why you had them mm-hmm. on different lines and things too, uh, so that if they had an A or a C, they could. Now everyone barks at the ref. So I don't actually know if that really even is a rule anymore because everyone talks to the ref. So I'm not sure if that's actually still a thing that, but I know back in the day that was like supposedly the the use for them on the ice and then off the ice, they led the team. Right. But like I'm saying, mm-hmm. we had the Oilers had Jason Smith. They had Doug Waite, who actually Doug Waite was pretty skilled. They had uh, Andrew Ferentz, like these guys that <laughs> were not big producers, Forgot but were leaders we're leaders obviously in there, right? Like, yeah, Andrew Ferris is one of the yikes. Anyways. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, so I look at that and I think Michael Backlund is this guy for the flames, even in the playoffs, man, he was charging them up and down the ice against the Oilers. I remember that he helped set up the kicked in goal by Blake Coleman. Now Blake Coleman, there is a sad, angry man. Every time I watch him play against the Oilers, he is so frustrated. Brings me joy, but it's just like, yikes. I wonder if he's ever happy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I he think that's in Tampa Bay, <laughs> right? Everything went bad after people leave Tampa Bay. Um, but I think that's my, that's my question is like, what happened? Because if we go back the longest tenure captains, okay, there's three of them and you could probably guess them in order. Uh, Crosby began, was cap named captain in 2007, right? Lemieux was still playing when he came in the league. So he wasn't right off the hop, nor would you make nor would I ever make a first-year player captain. That doesn't make sense. 
After him, Jonathan Taves was the very next year, 08-09 for the Blackhawks. He's still serving. And then Ovechkin in 2009-2010. So those are the three longest-serving captains. McDavid's been there for a while, too. Um, And he was he the youngest captain ever named when he – I feel like he was. Yes, and then uh, I feel like somebody recently outdid it, though. Yeah, there was a team. Who was that? I can't think of who it is right now. It'll come to us. <laughs> yeah, there, I remember he was, and then somebody named – there was a team that named somebody captain, and they beat him by, like, just barely. Like a couple days, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it was – It was minimal. Was? Anyways – um, because if I here, if I pull up like the captains right now, right? Like we have guys that are there. Like I think of um uh what was his name? Andrew or yeah, Getzlaff, Ryan Getzlaff, right? He was how many years did he serve, right? Um it's there's there's been some great names in the captaincies, right? So I mean if you go to um, these teams that don't have a captain. So Anaheim is one of them who takes over there. I think Cam Fowler is a, is a fit, but how long, how much longer is he going to be there? Right. Um, they got a lot of young guys coming up. Mm. Uh, they got a lot of talent coming up and it's just kind of like, what is the, um, you know, what's the guy like who, who, who takes over for that, uh, that big name of Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah, um, like, I don't know. I feel like you got a lot of options to choose from there in Anaheim. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go with guys who have been there a while, like Cam Fowler and guys like that, or you could go totally off the board and go with a guy like Zegris or somebody like that who's going to mm-hmm. stick be around there a little while. Um, but then, again, that comes to the point of, like, does it matter? <laughs> like, yeah. Doesn't matter if it's doesn't matter if it's Fowler. Doesn't matter if it's Zegers. Doesn't matter if it's John Klingberg for a year. Like who? Like I don't know. It's just like we're trying to talk about. Like, does it really matter who's wearing what letter? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think for for Anaheim, they got to figure out what they're doing down there because it's a hot mess. Um, I think they need to establish a core and then go there. Like their captaincy situation to me compared to the flames is completely different, complete opposite. Um, Arizona's another team, right? They had uh, like, who was their most recent captain? Ekman Larson, who was traded in 21 to the, I think he was the last one. Like they, they have these names that, I mean, <laughs> half of their bit, half of their best players are just salaries because, uh, that's what Arizona does. But, I mean, who's there to name? Like, I would say Jacob Chikrin, but is he going to be on his way out here in a little bit? Probably. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think Arizona will have a captain for a while, I think. I don't think so either. Until they're a little more established. Like, like you said, like Jacob Chikrin, but he's not going to be there at the end of the season. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean. Um, yeah, I think so. And I think. Like then you move to Philadelphia. Giroux was captain there for how long? A long time. Um, now he's out. Obviously, he's in Ottawa. I uh, went to went to Florida first, but I mean, you got there's a lot of candidates there that you could pick. Like there's a lot of vets on that team. So um, I don't know who I would pick right off the hop here. Maybe Ryan Ellis, who's played four games for them over two years. 
he might be the best pick. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but uh, what do you think? Like, I don't know who Philadelphia would pick. There's a lot of characters they can choose from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just like it goes into that conversation, like we're trying to talk about. Like, is it is it important to have one? And doesn't matter who it is in the end. Like, you got guys there, like uh, you got guys like Konechny or Provorov or uh, yeah. Um, one other one, Couturier, like guys like that. They're like, do you throw the C on one of them, or like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think be like three I, there probably. Yeah, I could see Couturier being the guy. Um, the other one is the Kraken, who their long-serving captain uh, Mark Giordano served for what was that six months? I thought it was kind yeah. of weird that they named a captain right off the hop because Mo- like Vegas didn't do that till they named Mark Stone, right? Two years in, yeah. three years in. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That team needs to establish identity too. But I, I foresee Matty Beneers or one of those young studs coming up as taking that C at some point. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, Jared McCann is a good candidate as well. Um, he's doing some good stuff there. Um and then the Jets, I don't know. Blake Wheeler was <laughs> stripped of it. Um, is he going to be there after this year? You think, okay, then Shifley. Well, is Shifley going to be there after this year? I don't know. Rick Bonus wanted to start from from scratch, and we'll see where he goes from there. Blake Wheeler will be there until the last year of that deal. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody's got room to take on his $8 million, and I don't think you move him. I don't think you retain salary unless he's got a year or maybe two left. And so I think he's kind of stuck there till the end with his deal but and all Jets like, fans know it yeah <laughs> like you said like uh like Shifley's there uh Josh Morrissey's well, there Adam Lowry's there yeah, that's the guy Josh Morrissey I, I knew that I was trying to think of a defensive court they got there even or you go out on a limb and do uh pull a Vancouver and name Hellebuck captain I don't know like <laughs> <laughs> I think that guy's no already carrying against. the team on his back. He doesn't need a additional role. Yeah, there's no rule against it. Yeah. Um, I think too with the Jets, the other thing with Morrissey, I don't know much of the history of the junior history of the players, but I know Morrissey was captain of the Prince Albert Raiders for a time. Um, so like he does have experience on what that entails, maybe not at an NHL level, but he has wore the A for them for seasons. Um, if Big Buff was there, I bet you he'd be captain, just reeling that team across the line. Um, but yeah, anyways, I love I loved Bufflin. <laughs> yeah, he was fun. My favorite Bufflin memory, if we're gonna share some, uh, was was it two? What year was it they played Vancouver? I mean, I, they did it for many years in a row. But one year, I remember he played uh, forward on the fourth line or whatever, and he You're just stood in Chicago, in front. right? Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. And he stood in front of uh, Luongo and just, he was immovable. Like they just fired the pucks at him and he would try and tip them or just stand in the way. And Luongo just went berserk. And then finally, after like three seasons of playoffs, they finally beat the Blackhawks only to lose in game seven and watch their city burn, uh, literally. But uh, yeah, interesting. It's just, it was just something on my mind. I watched Backlund play. I was like, man, he's leading this team, even though he doesn't wear the seat. He has an A on his jersey, but he is leading that team uh, by example. And there's other guys, right? Like Kadri, Huberto, Coleman, 
Uyghur. Like, there's other guys that could wear letters, but um, some of them are. But I'm just saying, like, Backlund to me is the guy that's leading that team right now. I could see uh, them giving it to Huberto next season. Yeah. yeah, I could see that too. And may, like, maybe Backlund's been approached and doesn't want it. Like, there could be all those things too. We won't get into what ifs, but. Um, yeah, true. Never know. So, anyways, uh, we're going to take a break. Then we'll be right back. We'll break down some Oilers stuff, some Canadian teams, see where they're at right now. Uh, and we'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 8. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 8. Uh, good to be back after a week hiatus. And so we're carrying on with the show here. Uh, talking about the Canadian teams. And we're going to zone in on the Oilers. Obviously, we've told you that's what it would be because they are the best. No, um, it's going to be uh, – it's been an interesting ride, Josh. I mean, they start the season 3-3 three and three on that homestand. Look absolutely atrocious in those three losses. And uh, you lose to Buffalo. <laughs> but so did Calgary and Vancouver. So, whatever. Then you lose to uh, to St. Louis. You get shut out. And, like, there were some weird losses. Anyways, then uh, they beat Pittsburgh. They come back and beat Pittsburgh. They score an unanswered goal. I think they're down 3-1 at one point. They ended up winning big. Um, and then since they beat Pittsburgh, the team was I, – I saw a fan on social media. He's like, this team needs a road trip to bond. Well, they haven't lost since. They're perfect on the road. They're 3-0. <laughs> and uh, they, just, they just won last night against Nashville. They're up 5-1. They almost lost. <laughs> Because it's the Oilers, um, but the best defense is a strong offense. Campbell lets four goals in. I don't know what's up with him, but his October November stats are not as good career wise as they are later in the season. So, thank goodness for Stuart Skinner, who is just stealing games for the Oilers right now. Um, but what do you think? Like, what do you think of this team where they're at? Obviously, they won five in a row now, so things look good. But um, what do you think on the road? Because some of those games, like that Chicago game, they sh- I don't think they should have won that was a weird game um but they did and uh yeah what what are your thoughts on the start of the season so far yeah no it's uh i feel like now is the time we can start talking about things i think uh when we were talking about stuff earlier on it's like people are panicking after like three games and two games and stuff and it's just like i i wait until about the 10 to 15 game mark to make a good feel on what a team's going to be like um and yeah, like you said, thanks, thank goodness for Stuart Skinner. Uh, I think he's exceeding a lot of people's expectations already mm-hmm. as to what it, he would have been like this season. Uh, Jack Campbell's still trying to figure out, find his uh, groove, I think. But uh, I think the Oilers finally have a good goaltending tandem. It's not a, mm-hmm. even with Campbell being a little bit streaky here. I still feel more confident in Campbell and Skinner than Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening to yeah. a I was listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about the goaltending, and they said it feels like the Oilers finally have a one A and one B. And with Mike Smith and Miko last season, it was more like a one B one C scenario. <laughs> like, yep, none of them were really like a guy who could like just ride you. You could just ride out till like they'd have a good few games, and then they'd have one bad one, and then you'd switch to the other guy who'd have a good game or two and then you switch back and like it was just nobody could stay consistent mm-hmm. um but i feel like with uh the oilers like 
with Campbell and Skinner, I think you got two guys who can like Skinner's been really consistent. Campbell a little streaky, but I mean, I still feel more confident in him in a streaky Campbell than I do with a like a Mike Smith or a Miko, oh, especially sure. Miko. So, um, yeah, no, I've been happy with uh, like how they've been rolling. I've been wearing my Oilers toque today, and I've been getting a lot of. Oh, why are you wearing that? Why are you wearing that? So I just, uh, around Calgary. So, uh, today it was a snow day. So I was wearing that and I just, I just said, Oh, I can wear it around here now since we beat you guys in the playoffs. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah, where no, the crack and stuff is. Yeah, exactly. I, something I would like to do. So just as a side note here is just to revisit our, uh, rankings we did for those divisions uh maybe at the halfway point of the season or something because uh like teams like Vancouver who just fell off a cliff somewhere and teams like Boston who have kind of come out of nowhere and doing super well like and there's just lots of like interesting storylines of teams falling or rising and where I didn't expect um but well can yeah, I can I interject one one thing to point out here, I'm just looking at the rankings. You and I both had Buffalo last in the Atlantic, and I actually don't think that's going to happen now. Yeah, no, like that's that's one of the teams, like <laughs> Buffalo, like they're playing very well. Like like you said, that Western Canada trip through Edmonton, Vancouver, and Calgary, like they won they beat all, them all. Three of those games. Like, <laughs> with like, with it, Eric Comrie, didn't he play all three? I think actually, I think Anderson played in Vancouver, but he played back. To, he played the Oilers and Flames and beat them both. Yeah, like. I like yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a weird, weird season. I guess or weird, like seeing where these teams are rising and falling in the standings. Where I didn't project a lot of them, but um, as far as the Oilers, yeah, like you're at at the ten game mark now. Um, I don't know. The only guy I'm meh on right now is uh, Dylan Holloway. Like I feel like he crushed it in. Uh, preseason like he was just yeah unreal and then like he just kind of i don't know but it this is where it's weird because it's uh i think does he go to bakersfield or does he go back to junior no you go bakersfield okay so yeah i'd send him down there let him play the season out there bring up somebody from bakersfield for the year because like who's he hasn't scored he's not really like doing yeah. too much so and, would, why not send him down there let him play top minutes on whatever you want like power play penalty kill first line like all that stuff just give him tons of playing time down there um you call him up back up later but like he's the one guy i've just kind of been uh like eh, on <laughs> this year yeah. so far but uh i'm so happy with <laughs> the depth the oilers have now on like how they can run three strong lines out mm-hmm. there like um for it went for years like i remember the years of like we had uh paul eberle nuge and then like nine other guys <laughs> yeah pretty much like, yeah for real like um and before nugent hopkins came it was hall eberle and magnus prv yeah like and they just they always had like three or four good guys and the rest were mm-hmm. kind of just whoever we could find to put in there. And now we have like a legitimate, like you got Kane, McDavid, Hyman, Nude, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Pugliarvi, Ryan McLeod. Like 
you got these guys that mm-hmm. can actually play and you can roll out three strong lines where you can play that 11 and seven and get away with it because you don't need that 12th forward. You can play that extra defenseman and a guy who I've been pleasantly surprised with too, has been uh, Nemo line coming up. Yep. Like he's not one of those guys. He's going to like, he's not an offensive defenseman by any means, but he's just steady and he does what he's got to do. Like, <laughs> well, and, and I saw them trashing their. He, he plays with Barry, right? And they're trashing their numbers. Like they've been terrible together. I'm like, yeah, but if you watch Barry play, it's basically Nima Linen out there. Like I, I, yeah. I don't. Why is Barry getting worse every year that we had him? I, I don't understand. But and and he's. I don't know why we're paying him four and a half million dollars to play third pairing defensive minutes. Yeah. Too like that's a guy who take. Barry and Broberg package them together with maybe something and go after Chikrin. I don't know. Like Chikrin yeah. makes the same exact same amount of money as Barry. But move, plays some, defense. We need we need somebody who you could drop, take off that second pairing, drop him down to the third, and then have like I don't know. You have CC Nurse have like a Bouchard Chikrin type thing. Yeah, maybe not exactly Chikrin, but somebody like that, and then have somebody have you guys. You got like three guys like Ryan Murray, uh, Nima Linen, and whoever to rotate through that to fill out that bottom three if you're rolling it running an 11 and seven type scenario. So, yeah, um, I know I'm way off topic right at this point, I'm just rabbit trailing it, but <laughs> anyway, to wrap it all up, like I am happy with how the Oilers have been playing so far through these first 10, and I'm excited, uh as the season rolls on, just to see how, uh, how the rest of the season goes here. Well, and and who thought, you know, I, like you say, it's 10 games in, but who thought we'd be chasing Vegas for first instead of Calgary? I sure didn't think that would be the case. Vegas no, is very I, strong. I think I had uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken, as my top three teams. Uh, Calgary, Edmonton, LA, then Vancouver. LA, Vancouver. So, like, but there again, Van- Vegas – had all these question marks in their goaltending. And Logan Thompson's been playing unreal. And uh, who's that? A, who's their uh, uh, Aiden Hill? Aiden, Aiden Hill. Like both these guys have been playing unreal. Like that's another yeah. one of those weird stories that like nobody had any confidence in that. And yeah. they've, been, they've been playing great. And yeah, Vegas is in first. Like, <laughs> and, and Laurent. There, so. Laurent Brassois is conditioning now down in Henderson, so he'll be back pretty soon too. That bolsters that position. Um, yeah. And then I, then I think Thompson goes back to Henderson because I think he is the starter in Henderson when he's there, but he's been, he's been needed because both them, Leonard and uh, and Brassois have been out. But, um, yeah, that's it's interesting, right? And the Oilers playing the Flames the other night uh, down 2-1. It's like, here we go. The betting line was favoring Flames at home. It always is. It's it, – it favors whoever's at home, right? Like when the Oilers are at home, it favors them too. But um, the Oilers went in there; they played hard. Skinner made some nice saves, um, and then McDavid gets a weird goal and sparks them. They score again with a few minutes left because I thought that game was going overtime, and uh, yeah, goes in off Hyman's skate. Um, that guy's so fortunate with bounces in Calgary. I don't know what it is. Remember last second second round last year, man? He's scoring everything. And they win three two. Like it was just like one of those gut me out games. It was nice to see the Oilers could play one of those games because we're so used to them scoring six or seven goals. Fun fact about the Oilers: since last season, 
even including the games this year. I think they are now 35-1-1 when they score five or more goals in a game. Like, that's insane. (laughs) Um, That includes the Chicago game. That includes Nashville. And Nashville last night, the Oilers, like, how many different guys scored? Derek Ryan even had a goal. Kane had three. (laughs) McDavid had two, I think. And did Dreisaitl have one? I think so. Yeah, he had one. I think he had that's three. Yeah, that's seven. Three seven goals last night. <laughs> yeah, he had four points when I saw last. Anyways, but it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing. And you go around the NHL, so the Flames are okay too, right? Like they're not gonna they're not hurting. Vancouver is in the tailspin. They're winning the odd game now, but man, that was a rough start to watch. Um, Toronto just snapped their four game losing streak. I have three apps this, this evening telling me that Tavares scored a hat trick. So. Just shows you who they're focusing on. Um, Ottawa is fun to watch, and Montreal is surprising people. So, and, and then you have Winnipeg there, Hellebuck stealing games. Like I saw Shifley today, he's like, we have not played well in the last few games, but they've won them. Like it's Hellebuck's standing on his head for that team. That's what we said at the beginning of the year. If he didn't play well, they're losing games, and he's playing well, and they're winning. So um, it's fun. It's fun when the Canadian teams are winning. Yeah, and just uh... – Funny storyline, just touching back on the Oilers here, is uh, how the Flames will not play Markstrom against the Oilers. Not every time they, every <laughs> time they play the Oilers, Vladar starts, and it's the, oh, well, we're trying to play him once a week. And it's always against the Oilers whenever that game comes up. Vladar mm-hmm. is the guy. But in all fairness, Vladar plays very well against the Oilers. Like, and the Oilers always seem to have Markstrom's number, but it's one of those things. It's like, are you ever going to play Markstrom against the Oilers? Because at some point, you probably will have to if it's going in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> well, they they did on Saturday, right? That was Markstrom and Net. Yeah, true. Um, fair enough. But but still, like Vladar played that game in Edmonton. He was lights out. Or they yeah. just couldn't. They solved him three times. That's because they went down four one halfway through the first. Um, but they just couldn't couldn't get back and. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting to see what happens. Um, I I love when the Canadian teams are doing well. Montreal has been a fun team to watch, especially with Slavkovsky there. The man, the man's just a beast. Like it's just like, yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they they asked his teammates about fighting. Like people, someone went after me the other day. He's like, I feel safe out there. It's like, yeah, you got Suzuki and these like little guys, Caulfield. Like, how do you feel? You're the biggest guy out there. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> if he feels safe, that's good. But, um, <laughs> and, and I mean, Jake Allen and Montembeau, like, having a good year. Like, they're not, yeah. like, they're not going to win the cup, but I mean, it's, they're a decent team again. And it's, uh, it's fun to watch. Props to all these teams who have had to slug it through the last few years, right? With, uh, cause Montreal is a team that feeds, feeds off the crowd, right? And at the Bell Center, oh, it yeah. is unreal. I, that's on my bucket list some days to go watch a game there. It'd be fun if it was Edmonton, but, I've heard you have to go there. Um, and I want to just add one more thing here before we go to our last break and then we'll close the show. But um, I was list- I went to, o- I was on TSN and overdrive was on and uh, I had to watch this cause they were talking about the Oilers goaltending because those guys are so fixated on Campbell now. It's kind of funny, but uh, Jeff O'Neill says, and I quote, I'm not even going to misspeak here. He says, he says to Brian Hayes, he says, Hayes, I will bet you $700. You take this bet, Hayes, he says. I will bet you $700 that when the playoffs come, Jeff Skinner starts for the Oilers. And I'm like, man, Hayes better take that because that ain't happening. Jeff Skinner doesn't even play for the Oilers. Um, <laughs> and he called him Jeff Skinner the whole way. 
even at one point, Jamie McLennan's talking. He's like, well, Stuart Skinner has been really good. And then they go back to O-Dog and he's like, well, Jeff Skinner, he's the, he's the answer there. And they're all just like, why are you paying your backup $5 million? And it's like, Campbell's not the backup. They, they're alternating games. Um, yeah. Like you say, it's 1A and B. It's not 1 and 2. But last year, that was their savior. And now, because he's struggling with the Oilers like he does with the Leafs every year they had him, it's a big deal for them to talk about. But I'm happy they're talking about the Oilers more than the Leafs. Yeah, and, and the thing is, that's just how it is in the NHL now. You run tandems. Like, there's nobody... I think the last guy to do it, honestly, and I might be wrong here, but was Talbot back in their playoff in 2016 or 2017, whatever yeah, year that was. He played like 60, 70 games. But you don't see that anymore. It's always, it's tandem splits and you run the hot guy. So, I mean, Skinner's playing well right now. You run him. I'm sure later in the season, he's going to have a stretch where he's not great and Campbell is. Like, you just, that's just how it is in the NHL and yeah. I have no love at all for o- O-Dog or whatever. Like, <laughs> there are people that listen to this pod that do, Josh, so careful. No, yeah. I, but I, yeah. it's just funny like, to me. Yeah, like on free agency day, I think we talked about this earlier in the pod and you kind of just hinted at it there. But it's like, as soon as it was, uh, he was Campbell going to Edmonton, he just started trashing him and trashing him and trashing him. But when he's in Toronto, like they love him so much and he's, like Vezina caliber goalie and like he's like I don't know he's just like the the guy and then as soon as he yeah. wants out goes somewhere else it's like oh no he was garbage like he's no good he's blah blah blah, blah. and it's just like you can't have it both ways man like just because he doesn't play for your team anymore doesn't mean he's a terrible pro player now yeah and it's gonna happen right but I I just I just thought it was funny that they're half a good segment of the show is finally on the Oilers not the Leafs it was like wow we get former Leafs and this would happen but um he should have taken that bet though that would have been a I know easy one to win <laughs> Jeff Skinner doesn't even play goal let alone for the Oilers but that's okay he makes nine O-Dog. he makes <laughs> yeah he makes nine million the O-Dog thinks he plays net and he plays for the Oilers but we'll leave it at that we're gonna take a break come back we'll close the show with NFL Pick'em and our performance of the week. Stay tuned to the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 8. Closing uh, segments here. we got uh, NFL Pick'ems coming up here, but going to touch on performers of the week first. Do you want to go first here, Mike, or do you want me to take my shot first what do you want to do here yeah you go you go for it no i'll go after that Alrighty there uh yeah so uh i'm <laughs> my performer uh didn't have much i was kind of looking around uh with the, all the sickness and everything in my family i haven't been like looking or haven't been watching a lot of sports i've been seeing a lot of highlights and stuff like that uh but uh one of the highlights i saw yesterday popped back into my head here as we were uh, coming up to record here, but uh, going to take for my performer, uh, Matthew Joseph of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, he came over from Tampa Bay, I believe it was, uh, yeah. a couple years ago. Um, but uh, they were playing Tampa Bay the other night. I believe it was Tampa Bay anyways. And uh, he scored a shorthanded goal. They were at Tampa Bay, had a five-on-three power play, and he outskates Stamkos and beats Vassy on a five a five on three short handed goal. Like I don't know 
like he seems to be doing quite well in Ottawa. Like that was a great pickup for them from Tampa Bay. Like he was one of those guys who played third or fourth line Tampa Bay, but I think he plays top six in Ottawa. But uh, seeing that play is just mind boggling. Like you never see a shorthanded goal on a five on three, hardly mm-hmm. ever. But uh, yeah, it was like he poked it ahead. Stamkos is racing for it. And Stamkos is closer to the puck than he was. And he outskates Stamkos. Stamkos dives at the last second, just trying to do something. And, uh, Matthew Joseph goes in. No, nobody behind him at that point because Stamkos is on his belly <laughs> at, just before the blue line. So he's all alone and somehow manages to be Vassy too. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take him, I think, as my performer. Well, Stammer watching some Darnell Nurse film, eh? Um, yeah, learning from the best. <laughs> no, I was shaking my head because it's it's just an incredible thought when you think about five on three against the Lightning of all teams, but um, and to do it shorthanded. Um, my uh, my performer of the week is going to be Stuart Skinner. Um, if you go to NHL.com now, this we're recording this Wednesday, so before the games tonight, the Leafs played the um, the Flyers and the Penguins were in Buffalo sporting the new uh, reverse retros. They're the first game to feature reverse retros. Um, and I honestly can say that I don't really care for the Buffalo ones. I didn't realize they're going like white gloves, white pants, white socks, white jerseys. It looks kind of strange. It looks like those Leafs jerseys they wore at that Centennial Classic thing or whatever they played that year. But um, what I was going to say is my performer will be Stuart Skinner. Um, if you go to the NHL.com page um, and you look at the top uh, leaders in each category, goals, assists, points, wins, and save percentage, they're all Oilers except for Linus Allmark has seven wins for the Bruins. But Stuart Skinner stealing games for the Oilers, uh, nine five five save percentage. When have the Oilers had a nine five five save percentage? I don't know. It's not. It hasn't been. It's been for years since that happened. But. Uh, He's going to be my performer of the week. My honorable mention is going to go to Felix Oje Eliassim, uh, Canadian tennis player. He today won another match, and he is at 14 straight matches. He just won a tournament somewhere uh, in Europe, I think. I could be wrong on that. I don't follow the circuit like like crazy, but um, he won a match there. and uh, to, or He won his match today, and now he's, uh, he's 14-0 and 0 in his last 14 matches, so uh crazy stuff going on but uh yeah that's kind of our performance of the week i was a little sad josh didn't have a a cricket highlight here for us but that's that can't be every week so yeah sorry a little behind the eight ball on that this week (laughs) it's that week hiatus right we're trying to get back on track here um yeah really 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 uh, i wasn't able to watch too much cricket it kind of just uh, threw off the floor for me here this week (laughs) as opposed to the times you always watch it um oh every, hey. every night I'm I'm tuning into those cricket tournaments. <laughs> Jeez, this guy. He's got Jay Swizzle as his handle on his Zoom video here while we're recording. So um okay here, pick them for NFL. I'm already gonna guess that you're picking Philadelphia for the first game. The seven and oh Eagles are playing the one five and one Texans in Houston. Uh are you Texans, taking the Houston? Texans Texans, yeah. Are you actually going to take the Texans? Yeah, Philadelphia's going to lose at some point. So I'm going to take the Texans. Okay, I'm, I'm sticking Eagles. Let the birds fly. Uh, the next one maybe isn't as close. Uh, Rams at uh, the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Uh, 
Stafford versus Brady. Let's take the Rams. I'm taking the Rams too because Tom Brady's lost what is it four in a row? It's the worst worst start to a season in his whole career. Well, he's got a lot of uh, stuff going on in his personal life too here. I think. So. <laughs> I yeah, you don't want to make light of it, but it is kind of like yikes, what's going on there? But he um, he also set a record. Uh, the NF he set an NFL record for most times for a quarterback being sacked at 555 times. Um, don't think that was the record he hoped he would set this season, but it's set nonetheless. And he now holds the record book for that one too. Um, Sunday night football actually looks pretty intriguing. It's the Titans against the um, Kansas City Chiefs. Do you have Tennessee or Kansas City? Because I think I'm going to – I don't think you can bet against Mahomes. So I think I'm going to go KC. Um Pick the Chiefs to win. They're at home at Arrowhead um, against the uh, against the uh, Tennessee Titans. But uh, who do you have in that one, Tennessee or or Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's all these guys. It's like, oh, it's hard to bet against them. But uh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to take a flyer on Tennessee. See how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, point out that coming into this week, because we missed last week, uh, Josh is at 14 and 10. I'm at 15 and 9, so we're close, and we picked ridiculous games. But then the Monday Nighter is uh, at the Superdome. The Saints are hosting the uh, the Ravens, and after they shut out the Raiders, 24 nothing the Saints, and Kamara had, like, three touchdowns, I, like, want to pick. And, you know, I'm going to pick New Orleans. Who cares? Saints and Ravens. Who who do you have there, Josh? You like you used to like the Ravens. Well, you like Ray Lewis, right? Uh, when they won the Super Bowl there. Um, but who do you got in this game? Tennessee. Sorry, <laughs> I just looked at the pickums. New Orleans <laughs> or Baltimore in in New Orleans? Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I think I'll take the uh, the Ravens on that one too. So, um, yeah, I used to be a big uh, uh, Lewis fan. I know there's a lot of uh, controversy with his life and things that have happened in it, but. Uh, I used to love the Ravens and I uh more mostly because of uh Ray Lewis there. But I think uh Ravens also added uh was that guy's name from the Bears? Was it from the Bears? They there's a straight deadline this Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know all the names of the NFL like crazy, but Yeah, I think it was uh Roquan Smith or something like that, linebacker. So Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, so I think uh yeah. Long story. That's a long way of saying I think I'm going to take the uh, Ravens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So Josh has Houston, L.A., Tennessee, Baltimore, Michael has Philadelphia, L.A., Kansas City, New Orleans. One of us is going to do very bad, and the other is going to do very good, and it remains to be seen who it is. Um, and you know what? I'm going to ride the Eagles as long as they go. I, our brother David, loves, he's an Eagles fan, so I'm happy for him. Um, but the Saints are three and five, and they're one win back of first place in the division. So, I mean, <laughs> not all is lost yet. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for the show this week, I think, Josh. Uh, we kind of covered everything we can we can touch on. Next week, I want to just talk about next week, I want to talk about uh, Ken Holland. Um, on Hockey and Canada the other night, they were talking about his best signing for the Oilers. Um, and so we'll talk best signings. And, uh see what like what who do we think he's the, the best signing is that he's made for the Oilers we'll look at some other ones around the league like steals of deals because you've talked about Joseph here uh but that'll do it for us on the MJ Sports Pod season one episode eight 
You can reach us via email, mjsportspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. Our handles are at mjsportspod. And you can find us wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, literally anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, Be sure to hit us, uh, click subscribe, leave us a like, leave us comments on how we can make this podcast better. And we will see you on the other side for episode nine of the MJ Sports Pod. We'll be right back.